everyone. My name is Lisa Green. I'm a sophomore. I am the Interfaith Fellow here on campus as well as the Vice President of Religion and Culture at Hillel. And I'm so honored and delighted to be joined by my fellow Hillel member and friend, Amanda Friedman. Yay! Hi guys! And oh, and also you're listening to episode 11 of Colton Corner. So without further ado, Amanda, could you tell me just a little bit about yourself, your major, what you do on campus, everything? Okay, well, my name is Amanda. I think Lisa made that pretty clear. Um, I'm a freshman this year on campus, so it's kind of my first time getting oriented to everything. I'm so happy and thankful to be a part of Hoel. I think that's been a huge, huge part of my life on campus so far in this past I think tomorrow it's a month. Um, yeah, I'm a prospective psych major, so I'm trying to get involved in as much of that as I can. And um, yeah, I come from New Jersey, so I'm not too far of a drive. Um, and I'm really excited to be here. That's amazing. Are you thinking of joining any other clubs or anything like that? Um, right now, I'm on like the list for the psych club. Nice. I know I, I need to talk to another previous guest of this, Jenna, about... Um, APO? No, not about APO. I'm not sure about that, but the Landis Center. Oh, smart. Okay. Yeah, because I definitely want to try and get involved in some of the volunteering and stuff like that around here. And so, yeah, just a, a couple other things around campus. I love that. Okay, so now, what would you say, what was your tradition growing up, your religious tradition, to make it explicitly clear? <laughs> I mean, so... My family, it's a little weird how we do it. We kind of, like, bridge the gap somewhere between conservative and reform and, like, things like that. Judaism. Yeah. Yeah. Ju sorry. I, I'm Jewish. Um, with a name like Amanda Friedman. It's not that hard to, <laughs> hard to figure out. But, um, yeah. So, we kind of grew up a little less lax than we are now. Um, my mom would do the whole nine for Passover, everything for Yom Kippur. Um, she would, like, clean chametz and stuff, but, like, now, now we don't. Um, <laughs> now, yeah. now do you still, like, only have matzah on Passover, or are you fully? Um, I try to observe Passover. It's so hard. Yeah, I don't actually think I've ever done a year where I was completely, like, fully observant. Um, my mom does it. She she's done it ever since I was little. But yeah, I try I try not to eat like bread products and stuff yeah. like that. And I usually can stick to it for the most part. But you know, I'll say I hate matzah. Like I okay. outright hate like it. every form of matzah. Every form of matzah. <laughs> I think anybody who likes it is a goy or a weirdo. So, or both. Or both. <laughs> Because if you're not forced to eat it, then you like it. But since you well, are forced to eat it. Well, what about if you had chocolate matzo? I have. And, but eh. it's still not as good as just chocolate. True, true. <laughs> just chocolate is great. Exactly. But what about matzo lasagna? Okay, I have had that and I do like it. Okay. But I think okay. the fact that there are so many ingredients to drown out the matzo <laughs> makes yeah. you think about the fact yeah. that you don't really like the matzo part of it. Yeah, you kind of like everything else. Exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Exactly. No, you're so right. Uh, <laughs> I so, so with that, that leads us into a fun question. What were your favorite kind of memories of holidays or going to services growing up? Oh, well, I mean, I remember I, I was bad. I used to, <laughs> when I was younger... My, we're not a part like affiliated with the temple anymore, but gotcha. when I was younger, what I would do is I would go with my family friends because they had the um, like 
holiday passes and my parents didn't. So I would go with them and one of my best friends would sit like with me. So her parents would also go. It was mostly on Yom Kippur, the day services. And so we would sit in the back of the temple and basically just like mess around. Like (laughs) the worst part was that I liked going to temple a lot on Yom Kippur because I thought, you know, I got like, there was some social component to it because I'd see my friends and I would get to spend time with like my family friends, which I didn't get to spend like a ton of time with. And so so I think the problem was I treated it a lot like a social um, part of (laughs) Yom Kippur when there were like services going on. Like at one point, my uncle who I went with would like yell at me. You really need to stop knocking. Like you were disturbing everybody else. But I mean, I thought we're just having fun. As like an 11 year old, I thought, so yeah I used to love that and I mean Hanukkah I feel like any like little kid who's like trying to compete with Christmas like every right. every kid loves Hanukkah and I mean it's fun my parents used to do like the a present every every day and so that was great did it kind of trail um, off yeah definitely <laughs> yeah the, yeah. the parents trans- transitioned from a bunch of small presents to one like mildly large present yeah and then and they're like it. my love is the present exactly. for the next Sunday and you know of course it is but yeah you know. <laughs> but I also want like something fun yeah so. I, I also no. you know I could go for something mm-hmm. <laughs> go for a gift card yeah, yeah. yeah. you know yeah. like a little something but, a little trinket yeah exactly yeah. exactly I love that. Yeah, but I mean, I still remember like we used to have like one of the electric menorahs that would sit in the window, and then we would definitely, I would actually come home from Hebrew school like most of the time during Hanukkah, and it would be dark out, and we would like get home, and then we would light the menorah together. So I know that was really fun to do with my mom and stuff like that. So nice. So do you feel your mom was like a big Jewish role model for you? Yeah, Yeah. huge. I would say more than even. It's funny, but because like I feel like a lot of people would be like for religious purposes like a grandparent would be yeah, like yeah. a religious figure but I kind of feel like my mom was at the head of most of my religious upbringing mm-hmm. like obviously my grandparents were religious mm-hmm. my grandpa not so much my grandma definitely oh. your mom's mom yeah got yeah. you okay um but so it was like it was definitely almost all spurred by my mom I think that's the reason why I still do most of like religious things like last week was Yom Kippur's and I did fast yeah um you know my dad it's kind of like depressing my dad lost his mom pretty young at 18 so so he kind of start like his faith I guess started to taper off with that and I think it's pretty justifiable yeah of course um so he was like kind of one of those people who was like I basically only do it like for your mom like my mom my mom (laughs) wouldn't be too happy if he stopped like fasting and stuff like that but you know so he he was always kind of like you know you do what you want to do you're not being forced on any parameters to do stuff do you you think of him as like spiritual at all yeah because I think my dad is a very like morally motivated person Mm -hmm. like he he is a a very sensitive person so I definitely Mm -hmm. think He's spiritual in, like, that way, where he's, like, aware of, like, higher ideas or, like, definitely aware of other people and, like, their emotions and stuff. My dad's a really great guy. He just doesn't really care for, like, traditions as much as, like, my mom does. Yeah, so your mom, though, do you think she's more traditional and maybe less spiritual than your dad? I only ask because that's how it is with my parents. <laughs> really? I yeah. mean, I would say it's kind of weird, actually, because it's almost like what my dad, because the, 
the same thing, again, pretty morbid. The same thing happened to my mom, where she lost her father at 18. I'm so sorry. So, it's awful. Thank you. Yeah, I, of course. You know, it unfortunately wasn't a big part of my life, because I wasn't born yet. But, um, so I think she actually decided to get a little more faithful because of that. Like, they definitely yeah. did not, like, taper off with their, um like, how traditional they were, I guess, after that happened. So she's definitely, I mean, my mom loves Judaism. She inst- she instilled a lot of those ideas into me, like, loving the community aspect of it and, like, the traditions that, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say every Jewish tradition is perfect, but um, the ones that matter, like, they matter a lot to her. Yeah. And so I think that she she also has a really important and like strong connection to faith I just think it's different than my dad's because she feels a lot more strong about the traditions than he does right that makes sense um hmm well that's that's so interesting I wonder though did you have aside from your parents and grandparents did you have other people who kind of influenced how you see Judaism growing up no, I was lucky enough to be, we've already talked about this, that I grew up in a really Jewish town. Yeah. Like, I would say close to 50% of the inhabitants of... Wow. Yeah, yeah we had a huge Jewish population. Like, oh, the yes. schools were very, like, they were loaded with Jews. <laughs> you, you know. You turn around, you see it? <laughs> you, basically, you swing a cat, you hit a Jew in my, in my town. Oh, that, that's so how it was. Funny. Yeah, so like it was hugely populated by Jews. So I feel like I was super lucky because even though they weren't, you know, it's a it was a moneyed neighborhood, and I can't say that we could keep up in the same way. So I think it was a little hard sometimes to be like with Jews of that culture. Also because my parents and especially my mom, she's originally from the Lower East Side in Manhattan, and I'm not sure if like everybody knows this, but that is a very traditional, rooted in like the first Jews to come over from Eastern Europe to Ellis Island. Like that's a huge like community center. Mm. Um, Not so much anymore, but definitely when my mom was growing up and when my grandparents were growing up, because actually I think all of my grandparents are from the Lower East Side. Wow. Yeah, like on both my Do mom you know, and my dad's side. Were they born there? Were they immigrants? Um, all my grandparents are uh, like first-born Americans. Wow. So I'm like I'm like third down in basically every single like family scenario because that's so cool. I yeah, I'm pretty sure that all of my great great grandparents were born overseas. Do you know like where? Um, my parents have given me a very bad, like, because they're kind of like, it was like Austria, Hungary, Poland, like, obviously those, like, uh, obvious uh, places. Again, I think we're the same. It, exactly. <laughs> Russia? We're actually not Russian. Okay. I am Lithuanian, especially on my mom's side. Yeah. Um, but it's basically like, my dad used to tell me the story that his grandmother had told him, which was like, when she was growing up every single like almost every day the borders would switch so like yeah, one day they right. would be living in austria and then the next day they would be living in poland and then the next day hungary <laughs> right. so it's kind of like it's just the general like that's the area eastern europe like uh, that's well, a, it's pretty broad but it's kind of all i know 
I call myself an Eastern European smorgasbord. So it's the same vibe. <laughs> it's, it's, it's spot on. It's I spot love on. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's hard when you're from such a general area. Like, do you have any traditions that are specifically from any of those places? I would say probably not. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's very, like, Russian, like, Judaism is very distinct. Like, I have a lot of uh, Russian Jewish friends who, like, they'll talk about traditions and I'll be like, I have no idea. Yeah, what, what, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. Um... You know, I think we probably just follow, like, the basic, like, I think a lot of people, when they think of Eastern Europe, so when they think of, like, Ashkenazic Jews, mm-hmm. like, I think we kind of hit all the, like, parts of that. Like, we're, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're definitely not, like, Sephardic. We don't follow any of the Sephardic rules. Mm-hmm. I literally do not think you would find a drop of Sephardic blood in me. <laughs> so, like, definitely, like, some in- incest vibes. But, like... <laughs> Well, T-Socks, where you at? Europe, Eastern Europe wasn't that big. But yeah, no, that's yeah, so true. No. I'm like, definitely primarily from there. And I, I think it's just like the tra- uh, traditions that came with that is kind of what we follow. Okay, so going forward, you said there was kind of a shift. And when you were growing up, you were a little more observant than you are now. Did, yeah. did anything in particular kind of spur that, do you think? Um. Well, I mean, I could be even more morbid by saying... <laughs> Oh, two more, my other grandparents who were alive, my grandfather on my dad's side had passed when I was in sixth grade. I'm so sorry. Um, Thank you. I, I feel like I don't really know how to, like, you know. But it's No, there's nothing to say to that. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's so hard. Yeah, so, I mean, losing him was tough, but it definitely wasn't, that wasn't, like, the super religious part of, like, my side of my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I lost uh, my grandma on my mom's side in 10th grade, and I think that was definitely, like, the end of not my mom's tradition following. She still does it, but I think my grandma was a huge factor in why she did it, mm-hmm. and, like, not having her anymore kind of made my mom feel a lot more relaxed about it. Like, so I think that did it. And also just generally, like, getting older, like, you know, I feel like everybody goes through this where once they hit, like, sixth grade, seventh grade, your life stops being dictated so much by your parents and starts being, like, independently, like, uh, driven. Not in everything, obviously. I couldn't drive. I couldn't provide for myself. But, you know, I started joining. Yeah, yeah. I started joining clubs, having more time to spend with friends and stuff like that. And so I think, like, that, like, natural me growing up and eventually my sister doing the same thing kind of just made my mom not focus on it as much. Because it was almost like this weird thing where she was like, you guys are getting older, you're going to have to start following more traditions. But then at the same time, she was kind of like, you guys are getting older and you're leaving and you're becoming... Make your own choices. Exactly. Yeah. You're becoming your own people. Like, there's only so much I can force you to do. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's really cool. So I'm curious, though, going back just for a sec, mo- were most of your friends growing up and most of your friends from home now Jewish? Yeah. Yeah, I, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I feel like not only was I in, like, this hugely populated Jewish area, yeah. but then, like, you know, like goes to like. Like, I feel like yeah. because we had shown so many shared experiences, a lot of my friends just happened to be Jewish. Yeah, that makes like, sense. Yeah. I mean, one of my best friends is actually Indian, mm-hmm. but she's so, like, they basically call her, 
<laughs> they basically call her like a Jew, like a <laughs> secondhand Jew. It's basically, basically, she caught it. That's she caught the so Jew. Fun, the Jew bug. Exactly, because yeah, she like knows more Jewish um, traditions than I would say mo- like wow. some Jews do. Yeah. Because she's like so ingrained, all of her friends are Jewish. It's oh. kind of hard to not be friends with a Jew in Livingston, which is where I'm from. Okay. And if you aren't friends with a Jew, I think that, that maybe be a problem. You, yeah. yeah, that may be you trying not to be friends with a Yikes. Jew. It's pretty tough. Ooh. It's pretty Ooh. tough. I mean, I knew people who I like. I, you know, I won't get into it, but I kind of thought that they specifically cultivated their friend group to not include Jewish people because she yes. stopped being friends with me and like two other friends no never explained it and like what was this like in middle school high school it was like eighth grade to ninth grade <gasps> like she stopped talking to me and two other people and now if you look at her friend group it's like no Jews oh my yeah. god that's terrible it's weird was it's someone weird. you were really close with like did that hurt I mean I wasn't super close with her but my my current best friend was like her best friend at that time and she like cut her off I mean, obviously, I can't necessarily say it was because we were Jewish, but I think that she was looking for a community that wasn't Jews because there were so many. Right. I mean, there are so many of these things that, you know, if you're not in the know, sound really small, but then Mm -hmm. if you're in the community, you know how hurtful that can be. Yeah. Yeah. That's so tough. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Um, So did you have any other kind of defining experiences in high school that kind of kind of either really made you appreciate something in Judaism or kind of, you know, hurt like that? Yeah, I mean, I think that as I've gotten older, you know, I think I was kind of, like, alluding to this before, that rather than go, like, full traditional and, like, um, we're not Orthodox, we're not, like, um, Hasidic or anything like that. Yeah, conservative. Um, what? Not conservative. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. At this point, we're basically reformed. Yeah. But um, I think my parents instilled in me a very strong moral sense of Judaism. Mm. Like, I think I carry a ton of values that, like, and I mean, maybe, like, they were wrong. Uh, You know, I think a lot of Jewish parents are kind of like, Judaism's the best. Like, you gotta think about Judaism like it's the best. Did you grow up hearing, like, you better marry a Jew and things like that? Yeah. 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 Like, that was pretty strong. I mean, my mom, (laughs) I've, like, heard this a million times. It's it's as easy to love a Jew as it is to love a goy. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I heard that a lot. That's so funny. Yeah. My mom's like, I I don't care who you date, but it's who who you marry. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard the term NJB. I love an NJB. Um, <laughs> if you don't know what that stands for, it's a nice Jewish boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are the best. I'm not going to lie and say they're not, but. They're kind of spicy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, no. So I think my parents definitely, like a lot of the values of Judaism, like tzedakah and um, being a mensch. And, tzedakah's charity. Yeah. Yeah, and then being a mensch, what does that mean to you? It's a mensch. Yeah. I was explaining mensch on the bench. And um, I was just saying, you know, a mensch is someone who gives, but, like, you're never expecting something in return. It's not a person who gives and is, like, being like, oh, look at what I did. Look at, like, how great of a person I am. I don't think that could be considered a mensch, even if you're giving $100 million to a charity. I think a mensch is somebody who gives silently Mm -hmm. and willingly and doesn't expect anything in return. I got that. Because, yeah, I don't think... I think that's kind of always how it was explained to me, that 
you know, you're not really being generous if you're putting a label on it. Mm. And if you want credit, if you want, like, accolades. Yeah. No, that's so true. My dad gave a talk called, like, From Men to (laughs) Menches. I love that already. Yeah. That's so important. And and I love that idea that it carries you through. Are there other kind of ideas within Judaism, maybe within, like, Jewish stories that have kind of stuck with you? Um, Well, I mean... I don't know. This is this is hard because I feel like there's a lot of stuff that like is sub subconsciously affects me. Yeah. Like literally, just it's weird. Actually, it's not necessarily like a philosophy, but I, like I don't know if the listeners know that Jews technically aren't supposed to um, eat dairy and meat together. Right. And I mean, it's this whole like convoluted story, whatever. But at my job, I worked at a daycare over the summer, and it wasn't like a religious daycare. It was just right. a re- regular daycare. The kids would have, they could have milk or they could have um, water for lunch. And so when I was growing up, we would never have milk for lunch because we would usually have meat. And yeah. even though we're not necessarily kosher kosher, like it's more like kosher style, right. um, I would just never have milk and meat. That was just yeah. a weird thing. Do you still me. not? Yeah, no. I, wow. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I'll have, like, cheese and, like, meat. Like a cheeseburger you would have. Well, actually, I wouldn't eat a cheeseburger, but okay. that's just because I don't like it. Like, I'll, no. I'll eat, like, if it's, like, a fajita or, like, a taco. Like, it's okay. chicken and, like, cheese. I don't really care about that. Yeah. But, um. Like, straight up milk you would. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's just weird to me. And I guess it's just my mom, like, instilling these random, like, no, I know roundabout. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I... I actually will have milk, but I'll feel a little guilty about it. <laughs> yeah, it just uh, it yeah. just makes me feel weird, you know? And so I didn't give one of the kids, like, they sent a bottle of milk, but I gave him the water because I'm like, oh, the milk must have been for breakfast. Yeah. This is probably, the water's for lunch. Oh, that's and so funny. I actually got in trouble for it because <gasps> oh, the no. parents were really pissed that he didn't drink the milk bottle during oh, the my day. Goodness. It was, it was vegan milk, like, she, Please. Oh, that's but, so stupid. Yeah, but I literally am like, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, I don't know why I would have assumed that he didn't drink milk with lunch until I was like, is that a Jewish thing? And then I was talking to my mom, and she's like, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's so funny. That's definitely a Jewish it's just thing. so embedded in you, yeah, exactly. kind of second nature. Yeah, and it's weird yeah. because I kind of feel like I'm not super religious. So then when those things happen, I'm like, huh, I guess like there was more that, to this than I thought. I love that. Yeah. 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 I I guess those traditions really run deep. But are there Mm. any kind of maybe songs or, like, stories from, from, you know, kind of scripture that stick with you or anything that you like like that? I mean, I'm not, like, a huge, like, Torah person. Yeah. Um, I think all of it is, like, pretty interesting, you know. It's kind of hard because I haven't done, like, any, like, biblical study since I was younger because like gotcha, yeah. all that stuff happened in Hebrew school so I feel like I definitely remember like via Hafta I still know that word yeah, also that. it always throws me off because the Hallel pronunciation is not the one that I or like the the tune, tune oh not really the one that I know. yeah the one that oh I know gosh. is much faster Oh. Yeah, so like it all every single time it throws me off because I'm like, I know this prayer, I know I know it, but every single time I mess it up because oh, I don't man. know this too. Okay, yeah. well, you're gonna lead it sometime and teach it to oh, us. Oh, God. No. <laughs> I'm gonna rope you in. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'll be great. Oh, That'll be great. Lord. Well, that That's actually so that leads us to an interesting <laughs> point. How has your kind of vibe and feeling of religion changed since being here? 
I actually feel a lot stronger about it now because I think like being away from my parents makes me want to like feel closer to them and like religion is like probably one of my most like connected like when I think about my parents like my parents a lot of my childhood was about being Jewish it it comes into every part of my life I think it's it's kind of hard for me here actually because there's a lot less Jews than I'm used to. Yeah, is it kind of a culture shock? Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. Like having to explain myself, like having to explain yeah. fasting and having to explain, oh yeah, like at Hello we do this and this and like that was never something that I had to explain before. Or yeah. maybe something every once in a while when like every great exactly like yeah. when all of a sudden I would find someone who's so not ingrained in Jewish culture because the thing is even the non-Jews in my town were so enveloped by Jews that they knew they knew most of the practices they would get off for the same holidays we were we would they just didn't actually have to do anything yeah that's so nice yeah so the thing is they knew already so it's very weird to like have to explain that stuff to people yeah and so I think that definitely makes me like value my parents and just like them teaching me about it right and like you know my parents we're huge for, like, a lot of the Jewish ideas about, you know, giving and always always making sure that, like, you're keeping, like, other people in mind and that you're always thinking about education. I think that's a huge part of Ju- Judaism, or at least, like, my sense of Judaism is always being educated, always trying to know more, always being curious. I think that is like, huge. And I think there's just a lot of, like, really cool moral ideas that, like, I think Judaism does a really good job of, like, teaching people. And, like, mm-hmm. I know some people don't agree. And, like, obviously I'm super biased. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not going to lie. I grew up hearing all this stuff. Of course. But I think in general, Judaism does a really good job of, like, taking community and, like, and making it important. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's weird because even though Yom Kippur is, like, awful, like, I hate having a fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I always kind of liked it because I like the idea of having a day to just reflect on, like, not even your year, but just how you, you're doing. Like, I like the fact that you could be like, okay, so, like, I don't think I did, like, a really great job of this. And, like, I'm feeling a little guilty or a little crappy right now just for whatever reason. But, you know, today's going to be a day where I think about it and I'm not going to be happy. And tomorrow's a new day. And that's kind of it. So what was that like being on campus for Yom Kippur for the first time? It was was really hard. I'm not going to lie. Basically, none of my close friends here right now are Jewish. I mean, a a couple are. Has that been kind of a a shift for you, though? Yes. Yeah. Huge. I mean, like, the fact that most of the people that I hang out with on a daily basis do not understand a lot of the things that are, like, happening in my mind. Yeah. And, like, obviously Judaism is not the only thing in my life, but it is a big part of my life. Of course. It's who you are. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a huge part of my perspective on stuff, a huge part of my upbringing. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that has been a huge culture shock. I bet. And it's nice because I do like talking about Judaism, so I like, like, informing people about stuff. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, I'm also (laughs) in a Jewish humor class right now, and it's actually three Jews and three non-Jews. 
So I think it's really cool to be able to be like, I understand this. Let me tell you about it. Like, yeah. What's that class been like? It's been great. I mean, I think that Professor Rice is incredible. I think Amazing. she's not even Jewish. Wow. But she's a Jewish studies professor. And I think that actually means a lot more to me than maybe a Jewish professor would. Because mm. I kind of went into it being like, how is a professor that like doesn't know Yiddish, that's not Jewish, that doesn't have the cultural references that I do, going to be able to teach a class on Jewish humor? Right. And I think she's doing a fantastic job. And I think that I appreciate her dedication yeah. to Jewish studies a lot more considering she's not Jewish. You know, I think it's hard like to say what is like anti-semitism and then what is just like ignorance ignorance yeah mm-hmm. um you know i think when you like blatantly say things and like i don't want to get into israel because it's just too hard it, it's a whole thing yeah yeah exactly. and like honestly it's a little scary to like go into your ideas about it of course but yeah. um you know i think when people blatantly talk about things that are relating to judaism but don't like actively say like Oh, I don't like Jews. Like, I think people are, they think that, like... It's kind of veiled. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They, like, people think that by saying that they, like, don't like certain things that are happen- happening in the Jewish community, they, people are like, but that's not anti-Semitism. But right. to a certain extent, like, that's definitely There's anti-Semitism. There's a certain way to talk about things. <laughs> exactly. And I think there are many times where if you're just criticizing things in Judaism not criticizing the same things that happen in other cultures, yeah. it can feel a little targeted. Yeah, you it's know? just hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. At a certain mm-hmm. extent, it's yep. just taking the things that we do and like saying that it's not okay for us and then doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's happened like basically forever. Yeah. You know, everywhere. Like I, in my Jewish humor class, I'm sure everybody's familiar with uh, Fiddler on the Roof, Love. which is a yeah. huge uh, thing, huge franchise and everything um, play. But it is, it was originally adapted from a Sholem Aleichem. And I'm sure people won't understand that his name is a play on words because Shalom Aleichem is a Jewish phrase or like a Hebrew phrase. And this um, Sholem Rabinowitz was the author's first name. So he changed so it to Sholem Aleichem. <laughs> but that. yeah, but so he was the writer of Tevya the Dairyman and the Railroad Stories, which is what Fiddler is based on. Right. Yeah. And so we're reading it, and you know, I think it's really interesting because a lot of people, I don't know if this is like off topic or not, but a lot of people are like, oh yeah, the plight of the Jews, the Holocaust. But And that's all yeah, they think of. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously. I find that so troubling because, yeah. first of all, the holocaust 1937 Mm -hmm. so much happened before that yeah that is you know centuries upon centuries of of being expelled from our homelands of being discriminated being killed yeah i mean i think that like especially when you're reading texts like that which happened in the late 1800s early 1900s yeah before the holocaust exactly you can see that there was a ton of prejudice and spite and hate towards the Jewish community. I mean, it's been happening forever. Yeah. But since Ju- Judaism started, it's been happening. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely think that's, like, something, like, uh, everybody, I'm sorry, I'm beseechingly asking you to take a Holocaust and genocide class. I know people learn about the Holocaust, but that's, it's where you learn that this did not start with Hitler. 
Yeah. It, it didn't yeah. even start with his forefathers. It started no, centuries at the beginning before of that. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even, and then even thinking about what, some people, I swear, have this idea that anti-Semitism was eradicated in 1945, and that is so far off. Yeah, that is (laughs) is so true. Just an absurd notion, Um, and and it happens to this day, you know, I I had an anti-Semitic incident on campus, Mm -hmm. um, and I think there are just so many... So many smaller things that you're right are rooted in ignorance. Yeah. That we just it's so taboo to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I just think it's frustrating because it's hard to it's hard to like inform people but like know the line. Like there mm-hmm. I you know, it's and it's also hard when you're on campus because it's yeah. a bunch of people who are like newly starting to form opinions that are their own. Right. And, like, I'm not even going to say that I'm not, like, a perpetrator of, like, the fact that I agree a lot with... I disagree a lot, too, but I agree with, with a lot of what my parents have, like, told me. Of course. Because, like, parents are, parents are a huge part They're of... They're so influential. Exactly. Yeah. Of your beliefs. I think that nobody can deny that. Um, but, so I think once you're, like, in an atmosphere where that is starting to slowly shed, and, like, you're starting to be your own person, it can get really volatile, like, actually, because I think that people are, like, so, they just want to, like, do do their own thing, that now they start to go, like, too far, Mm -hmm. and now they're, like, let off of any leash that they were on before, and so... You know, I think college is, like, kind of a... I, I don't know if this is going to make it in or not, but it's kind of, It's a scary place for juice. Yeah. If you read the news, it's Oh, I'll not, put that in. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's not not good. It's happening everywhere on colleges. College campuses Do you everywhere. follow Jewish on campus? Um, I have seen it. I don't know okay. if I, like, follow, actively follow it, but... Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. No, there are things that happen every day. You know, this is before I was on campus, but I heard a story of, you know, here of a swastika being painted on a student's door. Yeah. You know, it's not, people think it's a thing of the past. People think it's not here. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. Yeah. And honestly, not talking about it is dangerous. Not talking about it allows it to happen. Wow. Well, I, I'm so glad we can talk about these things because I, I think it's important and not enough people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and and to end out on maybe a slightly lighter note, <laughs> what have been your favorite kind of moments of feeling Jewish on campus so far? Well, I mean, I think that very first uh, Shabbat service that I went to, yeah. like where oh no, I met you on the open house, but um, that was great too because I think like that was like the first moment of like oh my God, there are Jews. <laughs> like, they exist. They're real. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it was just a myth, but um, (laughs) the first Shabbat, I hadn't been to a service, definitely not since coronavirus, obviously, but I actually think it's been more of like four or five years. Yeah. Um, It's been a really long time because my parents stopped being members of our synagogue when I was in seventh grade, and so ever since then, I kind of had to like scrounge for a reason to be in temple because like you know jews are cheap and my parents aren't paying for the uh, holiday passes so yeah. oh that get pricey <laughs> exactly so yeah you know i think that was like really like impactful it, it made me feel really really close to judaism again like after right. the fact because i really hadn't heard a service in a really long time yeah. and i always feel like a lot of people are like oh like praying like it's 
what whatever like you just do it if you're faithful and like you tune out if you're not but I always try and tune in and I actually think it's a really nice like reflective period like it's weird because I'm like a generally anxious person like yeah. I'm pretty like stressed most of the time Same. Yeah. <laughs> exactly I'm just like always thinking about like okay what else do I have to do right but I feel like that's, or I'm not like, doing enough exactly mm-hmm. but I feel like that's a weird like, it's a weird place, but I can always justify it to myself. I don't know why, but, like, I just always feel like this is okay. Like, this is time that, like, I need and that I'm, yeah. like, taking for a reason. I love that. Yeah. Because I feel like I, I kind of, like, don't, I have a lack of that feeling whenever I'm doing stuff that isn't, like, homework or, like, working for a job or something like that. Right. Like, I always feel like that stuff isn't really furthering, like, my mission, what I have to be doing. Right. And so I think it's really, really nice that, like, it, it's a, a place where I really can relax. Like, probably one of the only places where I feel like I'm not, like, burdened by, like, stress about oh, I love things. that. Yeah. That's so beautiful. It's like your oasis. Kind of. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and, and did you feel kind of, have you felt kind of welcomed and, yeah. like, with the music and the food and all oh, that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that everybody in Hillel right now, everybody on the board... Um, they do an incredible job. I, I was also, I was so surprised when, like, act, like professors that were, I mean, Ethan's great, um, yeah. the director of Polo, but I, like, when I saw that there were, like, other professors there, yeah. and, like, Bob, who, who I, I learned was, Bob. like, uh, he was a retired professor and his wife, um, and I think, like, <laughs> legitimizing, like, I know this sounds bad, but it's definitely hard when you're raised with, like, at least semi-traditional parents to be like oh yeah like all these young kids like they're like they're doing like right I mean you totally are but I think it definitely makes it feel like even more legitimate when you see that there's like people from campus who like genuinely want to see what's happening yeah. with us like they are propagating like a new chapter of Judaism because right. I think that's like really hard to see right now because like Faith is definitely de- declining, and I understand why. Like, like since the pandemic, you think? I think since the pandemic, and honestly, like... In general. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. with every new generation, you see a shift in faith, and it's usually declining. Yeah. And I think, like, my personal faith is, like, strong, like, very strong. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say that, like, my traditional sense of, like, faith is. You're spiritual. Yeah, exactly. I just, you know, I just think that I'm, like, close to, like, the ideas. Um, So I think it's definitely really nice to see, like, people, like, carrying that on and, like, Mm -hmm. passing it down. Because I just really don't think it happens that much anymore. I don't really think people care too much about religion. Um, Because it's, it's oddly outdated. For as long as, like, we've depended on religion, it's kind of outdated. But that's actually why I think Judaism is so great, because it's a lot more than a religion. Well, and it's also evolving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, the idea that Reconstruction of Judaism is becoming more popular, you know, it's like, how do we interpret these texts that are thousands of years old and make them relevant for us? Exactly. Yeah. Which I find really interesting. I love that. Oh, well, Amanda, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. Yes. Um, And thank you so much for listening. Yes.